This morning, I have to remember that I'm using the mic because uh, Pastor Jeremy's got on the the uh, the other one that I normally use. I'm very happy this morning to introduce uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy Seen from the North American Mission Board. Uh, Jeremy has uh, been a friend of mine for a couple of years, um, and uh, he uh, has pastored in Macau. In uh, San Francisco, uh, in the Los Angeles area, he's been a pastor for many years, but has been working with NAM, the North American Mission Board, for about 13 years, uh, primarily functioning as the National Church Planting Director for uh, trying to encourage church planting and developing uh, work, especially with language groups. Uh, and he, he obviously has a special love for we, the Chinese uh, circle. And um, so we've got Jeremy coming today, and I hope we'll have an opportunity to, to uh, have some of you stick around after the service. He'll be in one of our life groups uh, and be interacting some related to uh, what kind of work is being done in North America. Um, this morning, I'd like for us to look, if we could, at Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. And this is a short scripture and one that we know, but I will read it very quickly. In uh, chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, it says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to the grain of a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Let us uh, give thanks for the word and look forward to uh, what Pastor Jeremy has to share for us. Thank you, Pastor Don, and surely it's a great pleasure to be in Vancouver again and to enjoy the beautiful sunshine, uh, the little rain and some snow, but not too cold, but it's glad to be here. And uh, not too long ago, I was. this was my third time to be in the last few months. Uh, two weeks ago, I was here uh, teaching in one of the uh, Chinese seminaries here on church planting. And uh, last year in uh, September, I was here uh, celebrating with the Chinese Baptist Fellowship. Um, your church is such a wonderful, wonderful host. And I really enjoyed the stay um, in Vancouver. Um, I would like to bring you greetings uh, from the North American Mission Board. And uh, I've been working as a catalytic missionary uh, for the North American Mission Board for the last um, uh, 13 years. And great experience. Uh, I had a chance to uh, visit different places, uh, eating different kinds of food, like, uh, say, how about bitter melon, uh, but raw bitter melon uh, with the Lao people. And uh, in January, I was uh, with the Japanese in um, Detroit, uh, Michigan. But uh, the dinner, they, they, they ate uh, Mexican food. How about that? Okay. But uh, uh, we, we are great to see new churches starting. People ask me, hey, what do you do? I said, well, I think uh, two uh, pictures. Number one, fanning the fire. Um, remember you did uh, live barbecue at the beach? You know, you have to put and then you just... <laughs> You know, fanning the fire to keep the fire glowing. And uh, that, that uh, is my work, to help churches to see, hey, 
uh, is biblical and it's important we keep starting new works because there's so many new people coming and the lostness is so great and we have to pierce into the darkness and also try to connecting the dots. Hey, here we have someone who felt God called him to start a new work. Here are churches who would like to stand behind a mission work. And so how can we work together to find a place where the need is the most? It's really exciting. And, and while I was traveling, enjoying different kinds of food, meeting new people, hearing exciting stories, and, but it would not be possible if without your prayer and without your support. And I was so glad and was so grateful to, be, to come to worship with you, also to bring you a message from the Lord. And um, I, I, Don mentioned about like, um, uh, how long we, we, we have known one another. And, and I tried to you know, calculate. I was not really good with numbers. My father was an engineer, my children are engineers, so I, I have difficulty with math. But I think it's like about 40 years, right? And I think 40 years ago, uh, I, I would say in this 40 years, I, I grew quite a bit. I gained 40 pounds. And while John is still pretty much the same. But surely, we are talking about growth. And, 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 and talk about Vancouver. And the, the first time I was in this beautiful city was in 1985. And then I came to this uh, uh, to North America in 1987 uh, to pursue my, my education. And at that time, uh, people really, really excited about growth. The hottest subject uh, at the seminary was uh, church growth. So we had to think of so many ways, how can we grow a church? And sometimes looking back, there was really some really crazy uh, ideas. Say, for example, you know, one way you know, to grow a church, you know what they do? They, they drew out a, a rulers, and they tried to measure like the, 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 the length or the width of your pills. Okay, they said, well, you know, your, 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 your uh, uh, auditorium would decide um, the, um, the, the, the size of the congregations. And also, it's like the parking lots. Of course, you know, churches in Hong Kong, you know, they, they would not grow because there are no parking lots. And also, they always have difficulties. In, and the same thing would be in China. So, that is really kind of crazy. And of course, when we're really thinking about growth, what does the Bible says? What does the Bible say about growth? And, and today we have read a passage. If, uh, that was from Matthew uh, chapter 13. And we, we have just read that. And, and there was a parable uh, of master seed. But when we read these stories, the parables, I, I love parables. Um, uh, I studied uh, in a Christian kindergarten. Okay? So I heard Bible stories, and I, you know, moved through uh, a Christian elementary school, and then how about like another five years in, in, in a Catholic high school, and then four more years uh, in in a Baptist college. So I have a lot of you know Bible studies, Bible stories. I love stories, and and if you have your Bible, you look into Matthew chapter thirteen. These are all the parables about all the stories, you know, different kinds of stories. And of course, the stories of the sower, you know, people you know, going out, you know, casting seed, and, 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 the, um, uh, and, and the parable of the weeds, 
okay, spring is coming. You, you see weeds coming out. And, and the mustard seed and the yeast, the hidden treasure, and, and the pearl, the net. Now, you have all these stories. Now, when, 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 when you were young, when someone told you the story, and, and usually the story began as this, once upon a time, right? And how, when your parents, when your teacher told you a story, usually how, how do they end it? The lesson, well, yeah, happily ever after, yes, but, and, and then after that, hey, the lesson of the story is, don't miss that, okay? Yeah, we were, you remember some lesson, some is just too hard to take. But the parables, with all these lessons, the sowers, the weed, the mustard seed, the ease, and, and the hidden treasure, and the power, and the net. What is the lesson about? Actually, if you, if you look into all these parables, it's about the heavenly kingdom. It's about uh, uh, the, the, uh, um, um, the, the kingdom. When you think about kingdom, actually, then you look into the Gospels. In Matthew 3, verse 1 and 2, the, those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the, in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven uh, has come near. And then in, in 4th, 17, and Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come here. Hey, that is the message. That is the message. When John the Baptist prepared for the Messiah, and, and when the Messiah come out, he said, Repent. The, the kingdom has, of heaven has come near. Okay? And then, you just go through the, the gospel in Matthew 5, and blessed are the poor in spirit, for that is the kingdom of heaven. That is pretty much your lifestyle. And, and, and then and, and in, in, cha- in chapter 6, verse 10, that's the, the Lord's Prayer. You, you, you know how to recite the Lord's prayer, prayer. You know, for my six years in elementary school, I can recite that in Cantonese. For my five years in high school, I can recite that in, in English. But that is our prayer, you know, for the kingdom. You know, seeking God's kingdom and seeking His will be done. And then, um, did, did you quote this, Matthew six thirty-three? Uh, usually, when, when, when do you quote that verse? Probably like someone graduates from high school, when someone graduates from college, and then you, you send him a Bible, you send him a gift, and you prepare. Hey, that's our purpose. We want to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's about, oh, well, we do do a lot of things, but what do you, we want to do? That's our purpose. That's the kingdom. When we say about kingdom, and then there's the, the king, okay? But in the Old Testament, there, there's a book, and it's called the book of Judges. Have you read that? It's horrible. I don't know if today you'll be rated either R or even N, what's called NR. It could be so ah, bloody. Because in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. But however, it was, we see that in a situation there's no king. Or in the Old Testament, we, you see kings who are not perfect. 
who sins, who, who follow idols. But then in the Old Testament, that was the prophecy that there would be a perfect king, that would be coming, and that would be the Messiah, that would be the Savior. And that's what's fulfilled when we celebrate Christmas. Now, when we look into this passage, when we think about growth, and, and we see that picture about the mustard seed growing, about the heavenly kingdom, and actually then the question is, who is your king? Who's the king? You know, when you think about kingdom, is we're moving from one kingdom to another kingdom. And it was a very interesting experience crossing the border. You know, coming from the U.S., I prepared this little, little blue book, and I, I read uh, Pastor Gilbert sharing on, on your newsletter news, news about, you know, don't lose it, okay? But I know that I'm coming into a different country. And when I, when I, when I come here, I notice that people do things differently. In, in Atlanta, Georgia, you just dump everything into one big bucket. But here, you two have to separate your, your um, let's say, Recycle resources. Okay? It's, it's the different things because there's a different drive, there's a different mindset because it's a different kingdom. Now, when we say we are following Christ and we say we're a believer and we're saying that actually Jesus Christ is our king and we're following his rules and we're seeking his purpose, we decide to follow him, that's the way we live. And in this passage, the Bible says, a man took. Yes, we have that seed, but that seed doesn't walk by itself. So a man took it and put it into his cell. When you read this passage, when you think about, and when you, when you encounter this phrase about the kingdom, then the question is, is Jesus Christ your king? When we pray, when we pursue our purpose in our life, who is our king? Who is dictating? Who is driving us? What was our value? Is this the value of our king? And we see this verse planted in the field. I, I, I was a, 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 a city boy. You know, did you visit Hong Kong? I, I would say uh, Vancouver, New York City, we're, we're like big city. Seventeen years ago, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And the first thing I noticed, you know, looking out from a window, I said, gee, why there's so many trees? And uh, every year, you know, you have to do uh, some, uh, something you have to bear. You have to do the lawn, okay? You have to do the, the yard work. But here, it's about the yard work. A man took and planted in his field. Do you like planting? Do you have a green thumb? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but here talks about a seed uh, putting into the ground. You know, a, a, a other passage in about the seed was in John chapter 12, verse 24. And Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. For me, you know, all the plants, I just bought it from, from the grocery stores. I wish they are packed, put in a box. But it didn't do it that way. Um, Pastor Don 
told you that I used to pastor uh, in Los Angeles. While I was in Southern California, I do have church members uh, who have green thumb. They love to plant all kinds of things. Tomato, uh, eggplants, uh, donggua, whatever. And donggua, we like that way. Okay? And, but, and, and, uh, and, and many other things. But of course, it's about seed. Okay? That different kind of seed. They, 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 they try to give me some, but I said, I don't, don't, don't waste it. You know, when you have a seed, you know, sometimes they got something from the store. You know, from the store, they put a nice package. And, uh, and uh, with the, it's colorful. And if you just put it on the shelf in a controlled climate, surely it can be stored for a very, very, very long time. But would it produce anything? Evidently not. Okay. If you really to see those seeds grow, and you have to tear that packet brutally, violently, and then you have to put it in the dirt. You know, sometimes uh, for the word dirt, of course, you know, as English is my second language, the first thing I think dirt is dirty. That's how I associate. That's in a, in a moving from one's comfort zone. You know, to be planted is to that seed has to come out from that well protection, from that packet, and, and from the cell, from a controlled climate, and put it into dirt. And when it's a dirt, ah, it's dirty, it's yucky. When you have kids, or when you're young, you know, when you drop your, uh, your sandwich on the floor, will you eat it? No way, okay? And particularly, you know, on the butter side that was touching the ground. But however, the seed is leaving its footing into the dirt. It's moving out of the canvas zone. And also, when it was buried, when it was buried, what does it mean? You forgot about that. It's deep down there. And also, it's not to be known. And also, when it was put in there, do you see any movement at all? No. You, you, well, we love movement. We love excitement. We see something going on. But however, at the same time, it's down there, there could be change. It stopped from being just that seed. It was begin to sprout. And sometimes growth can be painful. Imagine you were that seed. You were taken away from the comfort zone. You were buried in some yucky environment. You cannot see light. And nobody knows about you. And you have to be there. Very, very boring. But this is in this manner that we see growth. Now, here I'm showing you a picture. This is a picture uh, during last uh, year, during Christmas time, I, I received a text uh, from a church planter uh, in Portland. And it was really exciting. They're having 100 people. And uh, this church planter, his name uh, is Tom. He said, hey, you know, Pastor Jeremy, we have six people accept the Christ. That's really exciting. Now, that was Christmas time last year. But then, that was how it began. Two years ago, she started with a very, very small Bible studies. It was Tom and his wife, Jesse, and Tom's parents who were visiting them to see their grandchildren. And then a couple older uh, people. That was how it began. But even you, you know, rewind the video a little bit even further. 
That was it. That was how it began. And, and there was Tom and Jesse. And Tom and Jesse, um, you, 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 you rewind the, the video back, maybe like 10, 12 years back. They were studying at Tsinghua. Uh, they, uh, Tom was pursuing his PhD on material science. And that was how he got saved. And then he worked in Germany for two years. And then the company sent him back uh, to be the regional director. But he responds to God's call and come to study at Portland, Oregon. And he decided that he would be a church planter. You know what his father told him and asked him? Son, are you sure? You were some kind of leader back in China. And what are you doing here? You know, trying to invite people to back people, to beseech people to come to your small church, that was like a seed plant in the field. And now here is another story. It's uh, uh, another church in um, Seattle. They baptized five people uh, last Christmas, and they're looking forward to baptize some other people. But in January last year, well, and in Chinese New Year's, they have over almost like 200 people coming to the celebrations. But in January last year, that was how it began. Those were that couple starting a new work because they're willing to move out from the comfort zone, to go to place, to start something that almost nobody would notice. But they are trusting themselves in the hands of the Lord. It began small. But really, when we look into this passage, the story is telling about something that's very important. Small, but it's formidable. So small, but it's great. Small, but it can going to grow. And it could be easy to begin like insignificant, but surely it will become significant. Oh, it's the smallness of all seeds. Yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. This is um, a, a um, gravestone in a cemetery in Macau. Um, Macau, uh, I, I, I was uh, my first pastorate. And, um, and also, uh, I was ordained in Macau Baptist Church. And, and it was because of that I was, in a way, related with your church because uh, Pastor Jonathan Cheung uh, was a member of that church. Several years ago, I I told my, I have four children, but uh, that year I took two of my boys uh, to visit Macau. And I took them to visit the the Protestant Cemetery. When I was there and I I, I read uh, this uh, tombstone, I broke into tears. And my two boys wondered why daddy was crying. And the reason was this. It was the story of uh, Robert Morrison. He was born in 1782 and then was sent to China by the London missionary in 1807. And he died in Canton in 1834. Okay, you're, you're good Chinese students. You, you did a great math. How old when he died? How old was he when he died? Yeah, 50-something, okay? The reason I cried was when I read that. 
I was at that age at that time. You know, when you, when you read that, say, someone at my age, he died. Not only he died, his wife died there too. And, and when I did more study, you know, he has been there as a missionary for like 25 years. How many people he baptized? Ten. I don't know how, how, how they would grade his work, how they would evaluate him. You've been there what, for how many years? What, 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 what kind of a growth is that? Ten people? But last month I, I read the news. Some people from the Chinese government that saying the, the, the Chinese Christian population they said, yeah, probably about like 30 um, million. And of course, everybody would say that that's a very, very underestimate. They don't want to let the, the, the Christian church looking so good. But think about it. From 10 at that time, 25 years of G. You know, sometimes if I pass a church for five years, I baptize like only 10 people. Someone say, something is not really eh. But he has been there for 25 years, 10 people. But the seed was sown, and surely it grew and has an important impact to the whole people groups. 10 to 30 million, small, but formidable. When you're doing something, you believe this is what God wants us to do. And this is something that we, we see that that's what God is leading to us. And we see that, that Jesus Christ is our King. And this we are sure that we're pursuing His kingdom. We're surely we're praying according to the will of our Father. And that is the growth. Not necessarily in our own time. But we see the growth. We see the impact. And we see that as this growth, that's a blessing that is flowing out, that we are blessing others. You know, the challenge and also the temptation is that when we grow, we try to bring glory to ourselves, and we are trying to, you know, to, to receive more blessings upon us. We like to have a larger car, a better car, more expensive car, so that I can be, feel safer, I can be more comfortable, I can have a more cushy ride. I would like to have a larger house so I can just enjoy, I like to cocoon in my, in my own house. But the growth of the kingdom is that we are a way to bless others so that we can influence others. The stories of this very short passage and that seed that was planted in the field and it becomes a tree and so that the birds come and perch in its branches. It is uh, spring in Georgia now. Um, the tree in my uh, front yard begins to bud. And also in the morning, I got woke up, uh, I got wake up by, by the birds chirping. And uh, there are birds in the trees. In, in that tree that grows kingdom, people find rest. And, and in that trees, people find protections. 
they, are, they can be protected from prey. And, and, and in that trees, they were provided because they have a food. And in that tree, they can experience healing. In that tree, they, they, they are revitalized. We're so glad the Lord gave us life. And that we can be, every one of us can be that mustard seed. And it can grow. And as we allow God to use us, to put us into places, that may not be even noticed by other people. But when we obey His will, and then we can grow. And when we grow, and we can see, we can have blessings, then the blessings are flowing out from us. Pursuing His kingdom. And that's the kingdom growth. How would your life be a blessing to others? How would your church be a blessing to others as we pursue his kingdom, as we say, Jesus is Lord, and he is our king, and we are obeying him, and we are part of the kingdom movement. Let Jesus be your king, be willing to be used by him, and also to experience God's greatness in your own weakness. You know, sometimes when you think, I'm so small. You know, sometimes I, I was so unnoticed. There's so many things I could not do. Imagine if you were sit and buried in the dirt, not much you could do. But there you know that you have that life in you. And you experience God's grace. And that's God's grace you can share with others. And they believe their blessings to others. May the Lord bless you that you can bless others as you experience that life that comes from about, as you experience that life when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you say, Jesus, you are my 